Hello and welcome everybody to the Big Kid Show. I'm your host, Nick, and joining me as always, I have Mr. B and I have Mark. Thank you for joining us on this episode. If you have not already, please, pretty please, like, subscribe, and interact with us on Facebook and Twitter. We love to hear from all of you, and your feedback gets straight to the Big Kid Lab for further analysis of the highest degree. Today, we are playing one of my favorite styles of Big Kid shows. That is the Desert Island style of Big Kid show. Now, what does this mean, you ask? Well... If you're thinking what I'm thinking, then you nailed it. That's because we were on an airplane and something went wrong and we crashed onto these islands. And now we oh, are no. stranded separately on our own desert island. And we will remain here for the rest of our days with no hopes of ever being saved. And we get to bring one item with us to entertain us while we remain trapped here in purgatory for the rest of our days. And that item is all built around one central topic. And today's central topic is going to be 80s music albums. Yes. Boom. That's right. Each one of us will be able to select some 80s music albums to take with us to the desert island. And we're going to break it down a little bit more. We are allowed to choose one from the rock or pop category, one album from the rap category, and then one soundtrack from the 80s. All right. We should point out one key ingredient to this tasty little dish that we're about to serve up here, boys and girls, is that I do not know what Mr. B picked. Mark does not know what I picked, and Mr. B has nope. no clue what's going on at all. Nope. <laughs> what is going on? I thought, we were, I, th- I thought we were talking about our favorite dentists. <laughs> <laughs> Named Crentist. <laughs> so I'm hoping that all of our selections will lead to some interesting conversations. All right. How about we start things off with the rock and pop category? Because I think that's the one that we all yeah. probably enjoy the most here on the Big Kid Show. So let's kick things off with Mr. B. Why don't you tell us, tell the good people out there, what rock or pop album from the 80s will you be taking with you to your desert island? Thank you, Big Star. Yes. So this one was super difficult because there was so many albums. I was like, how do I single this to one? I had had the Big Kid research team working day and night for, you know, double over time, two weeks. So yeah, so the overtime when we do payroll, Big Nick, it's going to be a little pricey. So just heads up on that. They did submit a few claims against yes. you. Yeah. So and finally, it came to one where I was like, "All right, remember, this is not our favorite album. This is our Desert Island album. What's one that we can listen to for the rest of our lives?" So you're trying to factor some different things into that. And once I started to process it, and I, you know, bouncing ideas off you know, we were brainstorming i had all kinds of like stuff drawn on a board like i was a, a beautiful mind um <laughs> it, it came to one answer and this this goes a shout out to my buddy our buddy mr brian trester we're gonna go with an album released in march of 86 metallica master of puppets oh you'd be proud oh, you'd yeah. be very proud and so this one, part of it I looked at too is length of albums. So this one's almost an hour long, 54, some change. Um, this, me, is by far the best Metallica album they ever did. Um, I love Ride the Lightning and I love uh, the Black Album some, but Master of Puppets just 
is the shit. Who's Metallica? Yeah. Um, and I even listening to it more recently, I was like, man, there's just so many good songs and there's different feels in each song and different tempos. There's fast and it's hard and it's, I'm a, I'm a rocker. I like metal. So I would have no problem just listening to this as I'm chopping down bamboo trees and trying to make coconut <laughs> hats and whatever. God hope those animals you're uh, chasing down with uh, <laughs> with master of puppets blaring in the back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> like those if pigs didn't stand a chance. If the pirates try to raid my island, they'll just hear Metallica blaring and be like, "Yeah, let's go to the next island." Turn that ship around. Yeah. Get out of here. And this album being a like thrash metal album, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, it had all kinds of accolades kind of after the fact. I mean, yeah. it's I think recently it was ranked uh, number ninety seven of the 500 greatest albums of all time by Rolling Stones. Ooh. I mean, think about the number and that all time. We're not talking about the eighties all time. Um, and when they, uh, Rolling Stone did their greatest metal albums of all time. Um, this was number two behind only black Sabbath paranoid. Wow. Yeah. And of course the younger listeners would know Metallica kind of got a new resurgence with the younger group because they played some old school Metallica on Stranger Things which I'm sure Metallica was happy about cuz they probably boosted their sales a lot more. They need yeah. the money from what I've heard. Yeah, I know t- times are tough. <laughs> that that's that second private jet really just, you know, really digs into the wallet. Um but this was also sadly uh we've talked about uh, Mr. Cliff Burton uh Yeah former bassist that passed away in a car accident. This was the last album he was on. Um, and I big kid research team pulled this out, which I thought was pretty interesting. This album in 2015, the uh, library of conference, excuse me, library of Congress uh, kind of selected it as a recording due to its cultural, historical or aesthetic significance, And it's the first metal album to ever be selected. Hmm. So even even our go, even our government says, yeah, yeah ma- Master of Puppets is pretty cool. Thumb that's weird. Yeah, I'm picturing some like old lady that's running the library and she's just like Master, Master. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's putting away books and stuff. <laughs> and like and you, 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 you got like the oh. cat catalog of songs that's playing like Bach and Beethoven, and then Master of Puppets cycles in. <laughs> Gertie doing back there? She's putting books away. Yeah, she's starting a mosh pit back in the the bibliography area or whatever. So. <laughs> So yeah, so that's my pick, Master of Puppets. Um, I don't know. Just listen to it if you haven't. There's, I think even the songs most people don't know are some of my favorite songs on there. So, Yeah, you know, well, and that's, that's a perfect selection for a Desert Island. I mean, I'll openly admit and probably be mocked by our listeners like I already have been that I was never a huge Metallica guy. So the first couple Metallica albums for me were kind of, eh, okay, you know, not bad. I love metal. I love rock. I don't know what it is about Metallica. It's never really hit me the right way. But going back and listening to them now, I definitely have an appreciation for them. So if I hear it rocking at your island, Mr. B, I'd, I'd swim on over for a, a quick mosh pit and then well, head and, back to my island. <laughs> and, and I can even – I agree with you, Mark, that when, when by the time I actually heard Metallica, it wasn't until probably – early nineties when I was 10 or 11. So I didn't really listen to the eighties albums till a little bit later. And then they got so big. I kind of didn't like them because they were so popular. Yeah. They kind of makes it. 
I mean, they just were they, the, a little. Yeah, so I didn't like them for that reason. But going yeah. back and listening to their older stuff, I mean, I pretty much only like the '80s Metallica albums. Yeah, yeah, because Black was kind of the one that was early '90s, right? That yeah, I think that really was '90 kind of or '91, and then that's what sent them yeah. into the stratosphere of so that's being. When like, we were all like 10, 11, 12, and kind yep. of yep coming into our MTV uh, age officially. Exactly. Yep. Well, and they have a big kind of punk background, and they when they burst onto the scene, I don't know if we want to call it burst onto the scene, but they were they were playing with a lot of heavy punk bands when they first started, and so that got them like this hardcore audience that is not mainstream, does not enjoy the mainstream, and Metallica struggled to get airplay and to get their videos on MTV, and it wasn't until they hired Bob rock to help them do the black album or what is it's, it's essentially it's a self-titled album, but everybody refers to it yeah. as the black album because of the, the cover, the cover art, but they get Bob rock and he really polishes them up quite a bit and says, Hey, look guys, we don't want to be pumping out a bunch of seven, eight, nine minute songs one after another. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we could go back to the hook once in a while and maybe we could put out a four and a half minute song and see what happens. And yeah, the, there's not a single song on this album under five and a half minutes. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and here's another good idea. If you want to make it on the radio there, James, instead of calling, um, enter Sandman crib death, why don't we just change the name to something? <laughs> Originally that song was titled crib death. That's what they titled really? it. And Bob rocks. Like, I think we need to come up with a different name. If we want any shot of this song yeah. being played on the radio. So, yeah, the, the band did shift quite a bit, but it, look, and there there's hardcore people out there. There's purists that, that turned on Metallica when they thought that they changed. But I, I don't know. Is it is it changing? Is, is there anything wrong with doing what you love and trying to be very successful at it and uh, maybe playing to the masses a little bit? I I thoroughly enjoy me some Metallica. I was lucky because I had an older cousin. And he turned me on to Metallica at a young age. But for whatever reason, this was the album that kind of flew under the radar for me. Like I, I, I had owned a cassette of kill them all. And I had heard plenty of songs of off of ride the lightning. Then master of puppets comes out. I don't know what I was up to in 86, but completely missed it. <laughs> and then injustice for all comes out in 88, which, Hey, go back and listen to this episode uh, because we talked about the yard work and lawn yep. albums. Yeah. And remember, and justice for all was one of the big Nick picks for yard work albums. So you find selection master of puppets is, is an album that it's not my favorite Metallica album, but I will say this, it holds up extremely well. It's that, that album to me is like a fine wine. It has just continued to get better and even more intriguing as the years have gone on. Yeah. And it's interesting because they dropped that new song at the end of November. Lux Eterna. I don't know if you guys have heard that yet, but it's it's a little thrashy. I mean, kind of like their older stuff, but like you said, there's hardcore people, and it's funny seeing comments. People are like, "What's well, not the same Metallica?" It's like, yeah. dude, they're in their sixties. <laughs> I mean, like, give them a little bit of a break. They have, they like have grandkids. Said, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's one thing for a band to to change; it's another for them to kind of uh, to grow a little. But the Bob Rock thing you said, Nick, is interesting because anytime you go back and watch like documentaries of them with Bob Rock, I mean, he gives them a lot of shit, and he's like really riding on them about like 
you're not doing the solo right, or we need to make this shorter. You know, he was definitely like in, he was a part of that creation process. Yeah. So I guess love it or hate it, depending on how you feel about the stuff that he came on board for. He definitely had a huge influence. They almost came to blows. Uh, yeah. If you watch some of the footage of them putting together the black album and then beyond that too, they stuck with Bob rock because mm-hmm. they, as much as they would clash at times, they, it wasn't that they just enjoyed the success that came with partnering with him. They enjoyed working with him at the end of the day. They were putting out every look. Everybody wants to put out the best product that they possibly can. Bob rock, man. He, I believe he got his start with Motley Crue. I think he was uh, with Motley Crue before he's with Metallica, but great pick there. Mr. B that's going to uh, lead us to uh, concrete teeth. Mark, you are up <laughs> next there, buddy. And and you know what? I think we leave it a secret oh, as to how he got yeah. achieved Arr, that nickname. Concrete I Teeth. I don't know that everybody needs to know the whole story. Uh, concrete Teeth, Mark, why don't you give us your rock or pop album of the 80s? You're trapped on a desert island. Yarg. Is it ironic that today is the day we record <laughs> the desert island? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's funny because we actually talked about this band pre-show and I had to Bite my tongue because I couldn't <laughs> say that this is the album I'm going to pick. Yeah. And I got The Real Thing by Faith No More. Whoa. June 20th, 1989. This album crazy. was one of the albums. Yeah, you mentioned it pre-show, Nick. I listened, I listened to Faith No More like four albums last night for about two and a half hours. And then I when we... When we joined up today to, to to record this episode, I was already blab. I was already honking a whole bunch about Faith No More. It's like, hey guys, what about that Faith No More album? Blah blah blah. Like, I'm <laughs> biting my tongue the whole time. Like he has I no wonder, idea I, that I'm about I to. I thought you were a little quiet. I thought yeah, I'm going to unleash the real thing up. on him. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to seriously bite my tongue. This album I loved. So I remember good. the first the first single was from out of nowhere which dropped in 89 but that wasn't the first single i saw the first single i saw was epic and i know we've talked about that before on the show great video too there was five yeah so the whole vision around this album i guess we can get to that in a sec but there was five singles off of this album so you had from out of nowhere in 89 epic in 90 falling to pieces in 90 surprise you're dead in 90 and edge of the world in 91 the cover song or the, the the headlining song, the real thing didn't even make it. And that's one of the best songs on the whole yep. CD. Yep. And I think it's like eight minutes long or something like that. So, but the, yeah, visually, if I could have a TV somehow in my Island and just loop the videos, I'd probably be about as crazy as they are in the videos on my desert Island with my <laughs> Wilson. But, um, I don't know, man. They they did an awesome job of blending styles. Obviously, there was a little bit of the rack and rap and rock starting to come together. Um, I mean, we mentioned some of it with Aerosmith and Run DMC, you know, being a product of that. But it wasn't just that. It was it was the, the rock was simple, but it was heavy. But it wasn't like today's rock, which is heavy and like down tuned and really you know chunky. It was more just like really infectious grooves. Um, there's obviously comparisons to red hot chili peppers with these guys and even a little bit of verbal rivalry that I don't know if I really want to bring too much of that up on here, but there was some back and forth between those two bands about styles and, you know, so, but to me, I love this album. I I think it's got a great energy to it. Mike Patton, the singer who took over, um, you know, he, he did a fantastic job and definitely brought a different energy. Another thing, Nick, that we talked about 
before the show uh, with a new singer. So, yeah, I mean, to me, this album is one that I will have zero issues listening to on repeat as many times as possible. Yes. Awesome pick. And that's and to me, I think it's even still an underrated album. I mean, even yeah, though it absolutely. was popular, I mean, a lot of people, will be, they just know the song Epic, not realizing that whole album is awesome. I mean, and it was to, to me thinking that it was 89. I mean, if yeah. you listen to it now, it sounds like a lot of stuff that came out in the late 90s. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of kind of incorporating different music styles. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I just I thought it was real experimental at the time, which maybe was why it was still underground because people are like, you can't rap on a rock album. What are you doing? You know, so awesome. Especially when you see the videos, you know what I mean? Like if you watch uh, Falling to Pieces, I mean, they're in like a room that's colored like a fishbowl and there's fish swimming around and a hand that has an eyeball on it that's like opening and closing. I mean, just really like You're freaking me out, man. <laughs> yeah, you're freaking me out. They were <laughs> so great and so so ahead of everything. And sorry, sorry to cut you off there, Mark. I no, 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 thought, no, you were, thought you were done. But the thing that amazed me about Faith No More was they they felt like a like a super blend of styles, right? Yeah. Like if you if you could make a, a a rock smoothie, right? They were kind of like the California, <laughs> the California rock smoothie, right? Like, like the, the keyboard was fantastic on, on faith no more. And at times when the drums in the uh, bass would play like in unison together, they sounded, they could sound like a machine at times together. And th- the, the guitar solos will melt your mind. Uh, yeah. the, the vocals are great. The lyrics are great. High energy band, uh, yep. th- he, you know, he could belt it out and sing when he needed to, and he could also be very kind of California and hip at, at other times. And uh, I think it's a fantastic pick. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. The the one thing I'll say, I went on Wikipedia, and the way that they describe their music is combining thrash metal, funk, hip hop, rap metal, progressive rock, synth pop, carousel music, and hard rock. I mean, if that's not a blend of bunch of crazy styles and i mean they toured with a bunch of big bands they toured on their first tour with um or on their first few tours with metallica billy idol soundgarden uh primus poison i mean a bunch of big bands so yeah definitely very underrated but uh but very good nonetheless and and mark this just fits your style knowing you as a musician it's you like yeah. a lot of different styles so yep. again if you if you got one right. album you can at least you can pick and choose what you're listening to and be like, today I'm feeling a little more, a little more poppy or a little hip hop or exactly. whatever. So you got it all in one, baby. That's right. That's right. And I think that maybe they were too much. Like, I think that that's the only, I mean, I, you try to think of something negative to say, and why did they not make it as big as some of these other bands that we will probably discuss? But it, I think a lot of it is, I think it was too eclectic for a lot of people. And great way to put it. Yeah. Yep. And, and again, the way the way that they describe their music, boom. They, I, I'm picturing the blender. You're throwing all that good stuff in, and boom, <laughs> you got rock and roll. California smoothie comes out, and and you get you some good faith no more. And you know what, boys? I'm going to go on record right here. They come to Ohio, big kids. That's oh. that's a field trip. That's field a field trip, trip for sure. No make sure doubt. make sure you get your parents to sign that uh, field trip form. That's right. <laughs> And update your emergency contacts. Okay. Uh, That circles us back around to Big Nick for the Big Nick pick. And for rock and roll, I 
Should I give you guys an opportunity to guess this one? Like, I, I would be shocked if you guys don't already know my answer. Like, we we don't know each other's answers going into this, but this is a situation where I think you could you could pick out the big Nick pick here. Does anybody three want to take letters a guess? that uh, could summarize the band name? Yes, yes, yes. There is. Is there a guy that singer rhymes with Schmaxwell Schmoly? <laughs> no, it doesn't rhyme with Schmaxwell Schmoly. Uh, uh, Schmaxwell Schmoes. Yeah. I started thinking of Eddie Murphy. Sorry. All right, and I look. I. I probably should have not have led off with rock and roll. Like we probably should have went soundtrack rap and then rock because this to me, I think that it's rare that you could say this, but I can say this with one. Give me a freaking stack of Bibles right now. And I will put my hand on top of them. And I will say this with all honesty and truth in my heart. This album really changed my life like it changed my life and i will i will forever remember getting this album and playing the damn cassette until it just it the the cassette the tape inside the cassette started to get thinner and thinner and thinner because i just played it so many times and i wore the damn thing out it was (laughs) i i grew up liking music i think at a at a younger age or had a certain appreciation for music at i believe to be a younger age than in most situations but i was way into like why don't you tell us what the album is there guy in country (laughs) listen to me for a second i was way into pop and country and then and i had no i had no desires to go into rock music or even heavy rock music and then one night I'm sitting in my basement Glorious. and we had we had a TV with an antenna on it and it picked up an extra channel in the basement than the TV upstairs Ooh, with the bonus antenna on channel. It. Bonus channel. It was channel 8 and they played music videos late at night on Saturdays like around 10 p.m. they would start playing music videos. And I sat down there on the couch one night and there was this music video that came on and it was a, a little song you may have heard of it called Welcome to the Jungle. And Never I heard watched, of and I've been to a lot video. of Bengals games. <laughs> the singer of the band, which is Guns N' Roses, of course, and his name is what did we say his name is? Smaxel Smoes. Smoley. Yes, Maxwell Smoley. Maxwell Smoley. I see him strapped into an electric chair and he's shaking all violent. And I'm sitting there. I'm I'm a child, right? I'm a child. This this album comes out in 1987, and guess who was there to to purchase this thing? within a month of it coming out. I saw that video and I was like, I don't know what this is that I'm seeing or watching, but I have to be a part of this from now on. Like, well, what a sweet album name too. I mean, appetite, appetite for, for destruction. destruction. Yeah. I, and, and here's the deal. A week later, I had busted my hump doing a bunch of yard work for my parents. Right. And we went to Yo, Kmart, no. went to Kmart. And my mom was like, hey, since you've been rocking it and working so hard, if you want, pick something out and, oh, and I'll let awesome you get feeling. something. Very I had no nice. idea what I was going to get. So I'm walking through the aisles and they had a display for Appetite for Destruction at Kmart. Ooh. And I was like, I, I saw the album and it's a very recognizable album cover with the art there. It's the, it's the cross and it's got a, uh, a skull 
depiction of each of the band members right there on the cover. And when I saw that big poster up on the wall and the the display, I thought, holy shit, I've got to get this. It's a cassette and it's got the parental advisory on it. But mm-hmm. my I was so young and I don't think my parents it was it was 87. I don't think people knew to pay attention to that yet. Yeah. And sure enough, I said, hey, mom, can I get this? And she let me get it. And life changed that day ladies and gentlemen yeah. for big nick that, that's when big nick entered juvenile delinquency <laughs> <laughs> it was all I, downhill from there i went straight from doing yard work to doing community service yep <laughs> <laughs> love the pick and and big Robin nick old I, ladies i would i, 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 I would have I I put 500 bucks down that that was probably your pick just because yeah, I, I we it. know you but you never know when you think desert island sometimes it's like maybe big nick's gonna throw a curveball so Maybe he's tired of that album. Wait a minute. No way. No way. No chance. (laughs) And I I know that we say that these are not our favorite albums, but this would be arguably, it would be in the, it would not be my favorite album, but if I had to do a top 20, it's in the top 20 and has been since I've been eight years old. And by the way, don't let your eight-year-old children listen to Appetite for Destruction. Wait till they're 11. (laughs) You see skulls on a cross. It's probably not (laughs) what they should be getting. But I think it can be your favorite album for this type of thing. I think the problem that that you run into when you pick your favorite album for Desert Island is if you've already listened to it 5,000 times and you're like, I love that album, but I need to give it a break. Yep. Then it's not the best choice for Desert Island. But honestly, when I pulled up albums, I'm like you, Mr. B. I saw this one and I was like, oh, I know what Big Nick's picking. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the one. It's there was no question for me. So actually, I take that back. I did. I, there was one other one that I thought one of you guys might. And it honestly was my number two. I'll just give you an honorable mention since we're in the category, yeah. which was Thriller, Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. No, I thought it might make an appearance. I had it on vinyl as a kid, and I played the hell out of that thing, but it couldn't beat out the real thing. The, I, I, well, since we're, appetite for destruction. Since, since we're talking about honorable men, I got one, and this is a shout out to my pops that was a close second was Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a great that one. That one has a lot of great songs, so that's a one that I Definitely. could listen to all the way through, too. So it was, I Absolutely. honestly was battling with those two, but love the, love the GNR pick, Big Nick. Heck yeah. All right. That wraps up the first round of selections, taking us to the next category, which will be rap album of the 80s. Mr. B, it's back to you, buddy. This was another tough one because, again, when we're, there's just the 80s were, I was still kind of younger, so I didn't listen to a lot of music, you know, in the early 80s, of course, because I was four and five. But um, <laughs> when I, when I, again, Big Kid Reacher's theme, shout out. You guys helped. Uh, we're going to go with a little album released July of 89. So just squeezing in there. This is going to be won by the Beastie Boys entitled Paul's Boutique. Ah, oh, yes. nice. Yeah. And this is one that a lot of mainstream people don't necessarily think it's the greatest album. But to me, this is the best Beastie Boy album by far. This is one that they did all samples. If mm-hmm. you guys have heard. So it's something like the number is ridiculous. Like they sampled 105 different songs on this album. And that's crazy. There's just just the style that I mean, them doing this that early, like led to all these other rap artists doing that. I mean, they just I mean, if you just listen to like a few of these songs, you're like, oh, my God. In one song, there's like 14, 15, 16 different samples of different songs. And the way they incorporate it and rapping to it, it's just it's just perfect 
Yes. And they even talked about that there's no way that any artist could ever pull this off now because the way they do the rights to songs and the cost, it would be impossible. Mm. Apparently, back then, they spent like a quarter of a million dollars to get all the rights for these songs. Yeah. Wow. Which I know that seems like I know that seems like a lot back then, but I mean, just to sample like one song now probably costs you multiple millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. So Easy. I mean, it's just Easy. like I think one of the uh, um, people that was working with them, like the producers, are just like, yeah, the only that's the only way we could pull this off is they didn't have all those litigious stuff that they now have now. Yeah. But this is another one of these albums that I mean, it makes the top five hundred list everywhere. Um, I think it. Rolling Stones' 500 Greatest Albums, it was number 125. Uh, Time selected it as one of their 100 Greatest Albums. It's even in a book called... Uh, there's a book called A Thousand and One Albums You Must Listen To Before You Die. And it made that list. So Ooh, That's yeah. pretty... It's pretty meaningful. Yeah. It just, it's, I think it was real advanced for its time with just the idea of using other people's music in little bits and pieces and how they did it. So just Paul's Boutique, Beastie Boys... I'm gonna be good to go. Plus, plus it's, yeah. it's about 53 minutes long, so you know I can hit play and then go chop down some stuff and make a little hut. <laughs> and, you know, try to go fishing or whatever I got to do. Nice. Well, I, I will just interject here. Uh, our brains have partially melded together on this one because I also have the Beastie Boys as my selection for rap and hip hop of the 80s i went with license to ill uh, so if our islands are next to each other we can just swap beastie boys albums and be living the true life man i mean we're gonna be living the beastie boy life and uh yeah go ahead big nick can i just jump in here for one second <laughs> uh-oh with uh -oh. a little something I'm Mike D. I get respect. Your cash and your jewelry is what I expect. I picked License to Ill as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I mean, that's awesome. Look at the track list. You got No Sleep Till Brooklyn, which Great featured album. Harry King from Slayer. Yes. Yep. How awesome right? is that? And you've got Girls. You've got Brass Monkey. You've got Paul Revere. On any Big Nick, any other ones that uh, that I'm leaving off? Rhyming and stealing. There's so many well, good tracks. Slayer. On this he was on. Low and low. is the tempo. Sl uh, yeah, and and I maybe you said this, but Slayer. He was on the No Sleep Till Brooklyn track. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I didn't even know that until the Big Kid Research Team filled me in. I had no clue that was him playing guitar on that. That's awesome. Hold it now. Hit it now. Yeah, and I mean, they've got the great Rick Rubin, you know, helping yeah. out with uh, Paul Revere. So, yeah, there's, it's good stuff, man. I mean, and, and this was tough. There was quite a few albums that, I mean, <laughs> so when it comes to 80s albums that I discovered in the 90s, I was an early hip-hop kid. And, like, I remember when my sister was able to drive, I was, like, 11. And we used to roll around in her car and... Like my close honorable mentions on this was Easy E, Easy Does It, and Straight Out of Compton and WA. Like I, I, there was <laughs> yeah, a bunch you, of you were on the hard stuff. <laughs> I was man, like right off the kick, I was into that stuff. But I I had to go licensed to ill, Big Nick. I'm I'm very happy that uh, man, our islands are going to be in some harmony here. And just so you guys know, License to Ill was my very close number two. <laughs> very nice. I love how the big kid research team gives Mr. B like printed out pamphlets very nicely. Hey, because uh, I know how to talk to people. I know how to talk to people. <laughs> he knows how to delegate. Yeah, you guys I'm a always people person. You, you guys wrong always, with you people? You guys always talk down to the research team. I'm like, hey, hey, little Steve. Hey, Kenny. It's all right. 
I take the specs from the developers and the business and I deliver it to the developers. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I was curious where you guys are going to go with that because, Mark, I know you have a wide range of hip-hop likes and same yep. with you, Nick. So I was really curious to see, but, wow, we've been hanging out in the treehouse way too long. <laughs> so, yeah, we got so some for, good stuff there. For me, for for the the rap or hip-hop, it there were a lot of really close calls, but – this album certainly is great, and that's why it made my pick. But but there's also a whole lot of memories that come along with this album. And one of my yeah. favorite things of childhood was summer camp. And I didn't go to summer camp every year, but I went most years. And I always loved – like, if I could do one thing for the rest of my life, it would be summer camp. And <laughs> and one year in summer camp, I swear, we had the, the – I was going to say ghetto blaster, but I don't know if some people would even know what that is anymore. But it, the boom box, boom box right? Large boom box. The boom box. We had a dude, one of the counselors, the summer camp counselors, had the boom box. And we had to walk to a lot of the places that we would go to if we if we went to a different place and we straight up he would lead the group with that boom box on his shoulder blasting license to ill and all of us little kids would march behind him (laughs) and by the end of summer camp we knew all the words to all the songs because that's the only tape he played (laughs) that is great yes no and and i think that's something too think about it we're on a desert island but Sounds like we're never getting off. Well, wouldn't you yeah. want to listen to something that gives you positive memories, right? Something uh-huh. that makes you feel good because we want exactly. Big Nick. We want Big Nick to stay alive and not just quit and That's like right. go bury a hole in the sand. So good for you. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. <laughs> That's just that, awesome to me. <laughs> that brings us to what might be the most difficult of the choices, and we and maybe we could explain separately why this one seemed to be a little more difficult than the. I think the other two were more difficult because there were so many contenders. Yes. Where yeah. maybe with this one, not so many contenders, right? So we'll kick things off with Mr. B. You're picking a soundtrack to, uh, you know. Music, an album that came from from a movie, whether it's great or otherwise, but it's going to be your soundtrack that you are stuck on an island with. And you know what? If if I can play Big Brother and monitor your behavior on that island, you better be listening to the soundtrack every day, sir. <laughs> that that's my first thing is do I have to listen to the soundtrack every day? <laughs> so, so the problem I ran into is with a lot of the '80s soundtracks, they usually had the the one or two hits from the movie, and then there was a yeah. lot of filler songs and so as i'm going through i'm like well yeah that was a great song but the rest of the album's crap or that was a great song and so i'm like do i have to do i have to listen to the soundtrack can i put that in my third category but there was one that came to me and i kind of referenced before is all right i'm on an island i don't want to give up i want to stay strong right i want to be tough i want to make it through so i'm going to go with the soundtrack from rocky four Oh, oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> I thought you might go there. Yeah. And, and it's because, I mean, again, is every song in there good? No. No, no it's <laughs> not. <laughs> but, but, but there's a handful that I like, and it brings up good memories. And if anything, it reminds me of the movie, and it's like, all right, I got to – the island is Ivan Drago, and I got to beat this island. So when I'm rocking out and they like, yeah, living in America, you know, and all the, all the different songs there. It's, I mean, it's not even a very long soundtrack. I don't think it's like 43 minutes long, but I just had a tough time picking any of the other ones because they only had like one good song. Like I can't do Top Gun. 
there's you know, take away the, the the theme song. You're like, yeah, now what? Yeah, Top Gun was one that like immediately came to my mind. And sorry if this is one of your picks, Nick. But like as soon as I started to dig into the details of it, it was like, whoa, it falls off a cliff pretty yeah. quickly. So that that was just my biggest thing. I know when we were kind of doing pre-production stuff that I just I was kind of like, man, these there's not one that's grabbing me because I, I think the way they even did those soundtracks, they didn't like fill, they didn't put tons of great songs into a soundtrack. They did one or two. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Or you know, or it was just like random music. So yeah. I kind of just as I was bouncing stuff back and forth, it's like, yeah, it's got to be Rocky. So Rocky Four, and I know we've referenced Rocky a million times on multiple episodes because we're all Rocky fans, and we always joke about you know Ivan Drago. So that's my pick, Rocky Four, the original motion picture soundtrack. This soundtrack has been outlawed in Mother Russia by Putin. You are not allowed to play this. You're not allowed to enjoy it. You will speak none of this Rocky. Uh, this is actually, this is a good pick. I, I just looked up the the, the track list here. Uh, Burning Heart, Hearts on Fire, Eye of the Tiger, War, Living in America, No Easy Way Out, and then, of course, Training Montage. And Training Montage, you can picture. So this is Mr. B. He's out in the sweltering sun. Uh, building his hut, training montage starts playing. I'm like lifting rocks over my head and like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, doing push-ups in the sand and just like, and then just a normal are, Wednesday for Mr. B. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. Hey, training montage, baby. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> selection. That's a great. Thank you, selection. guys. Thank you. And didn't you tell me once that they used to play this at your gym on yeah, occasion? So, so uh, one of the gyms <laughs> I went to. Shout out to Jimbo's. Um, he's a big Rocky fan, so. Rocky would always be playing, whether it be the first soundtrack or this one. And so it, just good memories with that as well. Of just, you know, I don't know. Just it brings it's it's a positive thing for me. It feels good. Well, and it makes sense. Look, if you own a gym and you don't like Rocky, you might want to get out of the business because <laughs> half, half of each Rocky movie was just basically like a workout video. Like it's pretty much. It's, Sylvester Stallone working out to rock and roll music or James Brown. Uh, yeah. So I think it's a great pick. You're going to stay positive and guess what? Oh, he's, Oh, he's just going to get on that Island, crank up some Rocky four and shred and shred and shred. <laughs> Be like, Hey, we, we finally saved you. How'd you put on 15 pounds of muscle? <laughs> <laughs> I will crush you. <laughs> All right, Mr. Mark, you are up, buddy. What is the soundtrack? What is the the track of sound that will ease you on your island? So I I definitely had a few contenders for this one. Um, But in kind of, I tried to take all of my selections in play, kind of like I think you guys do as well when we think about this. It's not just one album we're going to listen to the rest of our lives. It's all three. So they have to kind of complement each other a little bit, right? Fair enough. As, As Mr. B said. So. Um, so for me, I got, I want something a little more, uh, a little happy, a little upbeat. All right. And something that reminds me of the power of love. That would be back <laughs> to the future soundtrack. Give me some Huey Lewis and the news. 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> give me some Johnny B. Good. Give me some night train from Marvin Berry and the Starlighters. Oh yeah. I'm sitting pretty. Back to the Future had a ton of jams. And I think for me, kind of like what Mr. B mentioned or what uh, Big Nick mentioned with License to Ill, 
there's so many memories I have of watching this movie and like it brings back so many good memories that the songs bring back those memories as well. And I'm going to need some happy memories on this island after about year five when I'm sitting there by myself with Wilson. So it's going to get a little depressing. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to get a little weird. And by then, you know, I probably have my hair crazier than Mike Patton and (laughs) Do you do you happen to know how long was that album, Mark? I just was curious because I always I kind of factored length of album in a little bit because like you don't want to take a fifteen minute album with you and you're like oh crap the song's already done. Right. I think it was around forty minutes if I remember okay. correctly. Um, so there was ten tracks on the album. Um, let's see, yeah, because there was one. So like the big kind of like symphony type song was like nine minutes long, so that could just play in the background. Oh, is, is that like future. is that like the, is that the theme that they yeah use? like the yeah. theme song? So that's like nine minutes. A lot of the other songs are like three or four minutes. Okay. So it's probably like thirty five to forty five minutes somewhere in that realm. If I did some some quick math, but it doesn't matter because it's going to be on repeat. <laughs> we're just playing those songs again. And also we ne- going back in time. We never verified what are we playing these on cassette tape, eight track. That's a good uh, point. I'd, I'd go vinyl if we're going eighties. I mean, I'd, well, the problem is you get a little sand in there, buddy. That's that album's ruined. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Or, or your needle craps out like the first week and you're like, no, come on. <laughs> Where's the power of the needle? <laughs> yeah, my cell phone died like the first day. <laughs> yeah, like, damn it. <laughs> but yeah, there was a bunch of jams on here. And obviously, uh, the Johnny B. Good version is the Starlighters. Um, yes. It wasn't really Michael J. Fox you know, playing the guitar. but It um, wasn't? It, no. <laughs> yeah, believe, oh, my God. Believe it or not. But there's just a ton of like good feeling jams on here, like I said, that, that are good to listen to. I mean, you got Eric Clapton. You got Etta James. You got... Um, you know, quite a few good, uh, good folks outside of just Huey Lewis in the news. So, so that's what I'm rolling with back to the future. Excellent pick. And I'm going to tell you what, I kind of cheated here on my pick here, boys. Are you, Uh-oh. you pulled a mark? No, no, no. It's not really a cheap. It came out in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not an album. It's a movie. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not really a cheap, but it might sound like it to some people. But so my selection is going to be the soundtrack for Maximum Overdrive. How's that cheating? Well, so <laughs> there. <laughs> There is a band that I'm extremely fond of that I've enjoyed since I was probably about 11 years old. And actually, I think thinking back to it today, I think they this was the uh, from the band. This was the the first double disc CD that I ever purchased was from a band called ACDC. I bought oh, their, yeah. their live double disc. Oh, yeah. And Definitely. the reason why I, I say I, it's, had, it's, I had that, too, very early. It, it, that's a great double disc, by the way. And. The reason why I say it's cheating a little bit is because Maximum Overdrive, the soundtrack, is basically, basically it's the ACDC Who Made Who album plus two songs. All right. And not, what was what cheating. was really cool was that ACDC released Who Made Who at the same time, and the soundtrack was released about the same time. And again, it's Who Made Who plus two additional songs that are not by ACDC. They included King of the Road and Ride of the Valkyries. Uh it were the two additional songs but the the who made who album is weird in itself because it's a bunch of songs who made who is a song that was written for this album specifically and written for the maximum overdrive movie and it is one of my favorite acdc songs but the remainder of the acdc songs 
most of them are from other ACDC albums, from previous albums. And so you have songs like You Shook Me All Night Long, uh, Ride On from Dirty Deeds to Under Cheap, which is one of my favorite ACDC songs of all time. And then, of course, uh, song number nine on Who Made Who is For Those About to Rock. What do we do? We salute you. <laughs> and I salute Stephen King for, for uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Didn't love the movie. Didn't do much for me. Didn't blow my skirt up. Uh, but uh, the the album, fantastic. This is heads and tails. And it was so funny because I heard you guys earlier in the week saying, like, this soundtrack topic <laughs> is not great for for the 80s and i had already locked it i knew like this was this was a weird show for me because as soon as somebody mentioned hey why don't we do this topic i pretty much knew what my three selections were instantaneously good well, that's yeah. good though that means that means you know what you want and i know i, I haven't I, seen the, i haven't seen the research team in two weeks I don't even I, know if little Kenny's well, still there. I, I had I had him working on my side of the. Uh, oh, the, that's why Mr. B was hogging yeah, him. Right. Yeah. That's a, they, they were they're working on his pamphlet printouts. I, I love I love that I love that pick, and that's not cheating. It's that's a movie pick. soundtrack, and yeah, I mean the absolutely. key is as long as you can listen to that much ACDC, you're fine. The problem is I can't listen to ACDC that much. I like ACDC. Really? <laughs> I like him in little bits and pieces. I don't want to hear twenty five. Yeah, I don't want 20 ACDC songs in a row because that's that's too much ACDC. But yet you had the double disc. I did have the double disc, but I'm not on I wasn't on an island then. I was nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't forced to listen to that for the <laughs> uh, I like the little dirty deeds. My, they were uh they were my first music love attached to hockey, big Nick. So I love me some ACDC. Oh, I think I that's a great them. choice, man. And I mean, hell, if, if Reese Cups can be candy bars and ACDC can be a soundtrack. I had somebody tell me one time, uh they they You know, ACDC used to be my favorite band to put on when I would walk into a bar and play some something from the box, like because you could always. It's a they got a bazillion good bar songs, and uh, but anyway, I I said to somebody one time, I I, maybe we were at a bar and I played ACDC, and and this was not a close friend, probably a coworker said, uh, "You like ACDC?" And I said, "Yeah," I was unaware of. That there are people that do not, and uh, he goes, he goes. People exist. Well, how how can you like ACDC? All their songs sound the same. I go, well, it was easy because I really liked that first song. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I think that's the thing. If you like their style, that's great. You're gonna like all their songs. If you don't like that yep. style, then you're not gonna like them. But yeah, no, they kind they stick to the formula of we're gonna be loud and we're going to have quick hooks, and it's gonna be a three and a half minute song. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're they're very old school kind of punk in there too. Got an old school punk feel to them, and they're yeah. dirt. They're yeah. dirty. They're gritty. I don't know if you guys know this, but I believe the uh, the drummer is no longer with the band because he, I believe he attempted to hire someone to murder somebody or something at some point. That's a whole oh, different wow. show. Yeah, That's a whole we'll, different. We'll show. get into that later. Uh, and and by the way, before we move off of uh, ACDC, I do want to say. Uh, R.I.P. Malcolm Young. Uh, rest yes. in peace, brother. Yes. One of my favorite members Absolutely. of the band. All right. So, Mr. B, hit us with your three real quick. Remind the listeners of the B selections. Okay. So, for my rock pop album, I went with Metallica, uh, Master, Master of, Puppets. of Puppets. For my rap Master album, I went with Master. Beastie Boys, 
Paul's Boutique. Nice. For my soundtrack, I went with Rocky IV, the original motion picture soundtrack. Nice. Original beautiful. picture soundtrack. Concrete teeth, Mark. You're up. <laughs> well, back in pine tree. Uh, <laughs> I've got The Real Thing by Faith No More as my mm-hmm. rock pop album. I've got License to Ill, Beastie Boys, prick, prick, with my rap and then on the yep. soundtrack I've got the power of love with back to the future give me some Huey Lewis and the news yes uh yeah that's what I'm rolling so when I woke up on my desert island I immediately had an appetite for destruction and I also <laughs> had a license to kill which brought me to maximum overdrive and those are my yeah. three picks and guess what I survived I didn't come off of my island looking as shredded as Mr. B did uh, <laughs> who could Mr. Who Mr. Could. B went on to be like an amazing triathlete after after spending 9 years on this he- island He's the only guy on his island. He's the only one he has to beat out. <laughs> Nine years running, baby. I'm the I'm the greatest yeah, athlete on the island. Reigning champ on my own island. Like, well, scored seven hundred. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm the greatest NFL player on the island. I'm the greatest yeah. golfer. I mean, you name it. Hockey, about, uh, skate through the sand. Ten, <laughs> about ten or twelve times on my island, I said to myself, "I wish the drummer of ACDC would pay someone to kill me." <laughs> Help me out here. Well, I got to drop an honorable mention for you guys because you know that's just what I do for the soundtrack. Two of them that I considered that I had to eliminate. One was Beverly Hills Cop. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if you guys thought about Beverly Hills Cop. I, I had that theme song alone. I had, I, yeah, I had exactly. That, I had that tape as a kid. I would bounce around my basement to that theme song with Eddie Murphy. I could oh. just put that theme song on repeat, and I'd just be hopping around the island like ready to put some bananas and some tailpipes. Like yep. let's fucking roll. <laughs> and then <laughs> we'll leave that there. <laughs> and then also the Breakfast Club. If you guys remember, the Breakfast Club had some good jams. Yes, Once I dug into it, it wasn't as deep as I yeah. remembered it being on the movie, but there's still some some quality jams. And I, on I got one to follow up with that, and it's just based off that uh, it's a popular movie, but it had a kind of an eclectic soundtrack. Was uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Oh yeah. So kind of some of the artists that were on there: Jackson Brown, jo- Joe Walsh, jo- Don Henley, uh, the Go Go's. Billy Squire, Sammy Hagar, Jimmy Buffett. So it's just kind of a bunch of different small timers, but still went with Rocky Four. Yeah, good choice. Big Nick, you got any honorable mentions? No. And guess what? Uh, <laughs> I like if you want to nope. if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at the Big Kids Show. If you want to follow Nick on Twitter, I'm at TCGNIC. Hey. Start up a conversation. We want to hear some show suggestions, some topics from you out there in beautiful, wonderful listener land. We've been already successful with several of the suggestions that have come in and shows that we've put together. So we appreciate everybody that has participated in that. Like, subscribe, tell your friends that you listen to The Big Kid Show. We want to thank you for dropping by each and every one of our islands and joining us here this week. Make sure you drop by and see us again next week. Until then, we are The Big Kid Show. Arr.